Hey guys, this is Steve. And I'm Frank. And this is another episode of the Meat Logistics Podcast. So, we are back from Pass It On, Busta Clay. Um, all of my winnings have been talked about, have been dealt with. I've begun <laughs> drinking them. Um, I opened that bottle of the um, McCallan, McCallan, however you say it. Absolutely delicious. On the bottle, it says orange, citrus, and honey notes. And as I'm reading that, I'm like, yes. Like, <laughs> I picked that up. So I had... Uh, Did you do that? <clears throat> Did you do that with your Epsom salt bath? Listen. Oh, we'll talk about that. <laughs> but nothing wrong with an Epsom salt bath. Um, so I drank a, two fingers of it two nights in a row and just love it. Like really good taste. Two fingers for me at least is like a really nice level of buzz or whatever. It's like relaxed, I'm laughing a little bit more, have more fun playing with my dogs, but like no hangover, no problems sleeping, anything like that. Okay. Uh, but I did put a Meatistics post out there, uh, saying that if everybody can come to an agreement on what we keep, we will open it during the Meatistics meetup. Uh-huh. So I will keep a bottle. Um, I've got, there's, I can't remember what it is, but there's two of them right now that are in discussion for the bottle that's kept. So we'll just set that bottle aside and whatever we do, uh, we'll open that bottle here and everybody who wants some can have some. Cool. Sounds like we're going to have a, a decent amount of people coming. We'll see. How many would you, how, that's a good question for live on air. Not <laughs> really live, but going yeah. out there. How many people would have to come for you to consider it a success? I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say. I've got a number in mind. It would be hard for us to deal with more than a hundred people. It would be impossible for us. We are not, not a hundred people are not coming to this. But I, I, part, well, part of me is like, I I want to have as many people as possible. That's not, we're not set up for that. Yeah, I know. So realistically, um, I mean, a, a, a good crowd, but still a small enough crowd to allow us to have like uh, good discussions, classroom environment, and hands-on. Maybe twenty. Yeah, that still get that still. It's big enough to have a good group, but small enough that everyone's going to get a chance to do everything. Yep. So twenty is what I'm I'm thinking. But now that you brought up a hundred, even though it seems ridiculous. We need a like reserve your spot way to do this because we cannot have we can't even have fifty people show up. Oh yeah, this this can't be a whoever wants to show up. Right. It, it has to be an RSVP thing. Okay, yeah. All right, so we'll work on that. Figure that out. That being said, someone last minute says they're going to come. It it probably be fine. We just can't plan it for an unknown amount of right. people. We need to have an idea on who. What's coming. the max number of people will sit in the fit in the classroom? In the classroom, 80, 85. Oh, it is that much? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right, that makes me feel Without better. putting up extra tables, 50. Okay. That makes me feel a little bit better. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right, so we're going to do something new at the end of this podcast. We're going to start trying every week to come up with a just a non-meat-related discussion that we'll talk about for five minutes or so. Uh, this week's is Top 10 Movies. So Austin and myself will uh, both talk about our favorite movies. We'll be told why why we are wrong by Patrick, who will then also share his, I'm sure. Have you guys written down a list? Yeah. Where'd you write down your list? I hit it 
in way over the page on OneNote. So if you scroll way over there, you'd find it eventually. Ah, okay. So my uh, the reason I'm was taking an Epsom salt bath is because every year Austin and I do this um, charity golf tournament for his old high school. And this year, I remember to keep my uh, armpit closed and I was hitting them okay off the uh, tee at the driving range. Then Austin walks up. I start hitting him not so well. I don't know why, but I got it, kind of got it back. But then I'm swinging and I felt and heard a pop from my collarbone. Like I went, oh, I was able to swing through it. So it's not, you know, broken. It's not dislocated. It's just something weird. So I'm swinging through that and uh, right off the first tee box, we use my drive. So I want credit for that. Wait, did we on the first we one? Because yeah. oh. remember I said, it, oh. and it'll make me happy. Well, I hit mine further mine than you. Mine was in you. better position. You were having to shoot. It. First it, of all, it was further by like three feet and you had to shoot over a bunker where I had a straight approach with no bunker. Well, technically I hit it like 20 yards further than that you. That is ridiculous. Yeah, because but I was only like three yards closer to the hole because of, because it dog-legged to the right. So I was all the way at the end of the fairway. You were still in the middle. We were, you could have. I outdrove you by 20 yards. That is absolutely not correct. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, um, so that happens. Then I have a friend who lives on the golf course I was looking for his house and I knew he was out of town. So I was going to go take a picture in his backyard and be like, we found this idiot who left his house unlocked. So I go jogging there. As I'm jogging, my right calf just goes, no, you're not. And I go to the ground, try, like agonizing pain. Um, so I had a knot so bad or a cramp so bad that Austin could see it. It was a couple holes later, like John's finally like limping around and at the tee box. And I look over and I'm like, which which calf is it left or right? And he's like, right. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I can see it. Like I can, I've seen like people like having like active bad cramps. And right. It's like, okay, it's gross. It's whatever. That was way after it's a couple holes later yep. and I'm looking at it and there's a lump yep. on your calf still. It's and disgusting. I, I still managed to play through it the entire time. Yeah. It's what a real man does. Yeah. Well, that's what an You're old man does. <laughs> it is. What it, genuine here, bro. <laughs> Okay. Um, what else? Uh, apparently, a couple of weeks ago, I oversold my rants, so I apologize about that. <laughs> um, but I am going to blame it on Austin. I was all ready to go, and then he, we had a quick meeting about something, and he realized he couldn't. We realized he couldn't talk, so we had to push it. And by the next day, I was more calmed down. Yeah. So I think what I'll do is order another one of those uh, ammonia. Um, Sniffers, and just before I want to rant, I'll just take a good hit of that. Nice. Okay. Uh, we're really close to 40,000 subs on our YouTube page. So uh, if you're listening to this and you're not subscribed to our YouTube page, shame on you. Go over there and subscribe to us. doesn't cost anything, and it will make me happy. I don't think I have anything else other than that. So we hop right into Meat Matters. Sounds good. Oh, we did finish 10 stroke, 10 under, which is much better than we did last year. No, we finished 11 under. 11 under. 11 under. Uh-huh. Which is even better than we did last we, uh, yeah, year. We, we finished in 10th place. Yeah. Oh, I don't know how many teams. There had to have been over 20 teams. There had to be like 25, oh, yeah, 25 yeah, was, teams. Yeah. We were definitely top half. A good, good bit up into the top half. Not yep. the best, but um, we did. 
we did good. Yeah. Especially for the fact that somehow we were behind the only people who were slow. Yeah. So, all right. Meat matters. First one is, you know, eating meat is wrong. So why do you still do it? This is from the Atlantic. I want to remind everyone that the Atlantic is not to be trusted. They shouldn't be taken seriously. (laughs) No, 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 no. Go back in their history. The amount of warmongering this publication has done is unbelievable. So take that with a huge grain of salt. But this is from the article. How do you persuade the whole world to stop eating meat? I've been trying for half a century. My book, Animal Liberation, was published in 1975 when I was 29 years old. I argued that our treatment of animals is ethically unjustifiable. If it's wrong to cause unnecessary suffering, then it's wrong regardless of the sufferer's species. On that basis, I urged readers to stop eating meat, though I described how animals are forced to endure extreme suffering on factory farms and in laboratories. My appeal was to rationality, not emotion. I don't believe you. I believed I had proved that there was no reasonable defense for animal cruelty. At the time, my position was widely considered radical, even bizarre. Today, it's mainstream, and yet the paradoxical fact remains. Even as the ethical arguments for avoiding meat have become better known, meat consumption has risen, not only in countries that are emerging out of poverty, but in the U.S. as well. I never could have predicted that vegan living and carnivorous might rise in tandem in the same society. What should we make of that? First of all, I want to push back on it really being mainstream. I don't think vegetarianism, veganism, um, is truly mainstream no. or mainstream. Mainstream means it has to be close to, to some high percentage, if not the majority, like I forget, we, we had actual numbers of like vegetarians, vegans, and what percentage of the total population all that was. But I want to say it was like single digits. Like it is small. That is a very small minority, not mainstream. Yeah. Not at all. And if it stopped being pushed by popular culture, um, like, and when I say popular culture, I mean like Hollywood and the mainstream media, it would go off a cliff. So this says vegetarianism is uh, 12%. I don't believe that. Uh, 6% is, no, here we go. A 2022 survey, the Vegetarian Resource Group found that roughly 6% of Americans eat no meat or fish at all. 12% of usually eat no meat. A larger group, 12% said that they usually eat vegetarian or vegan meals. Okay. So yeah, it's 6%. You're not mainstream. And you have the entire ridiculous media, Hollywood behind you trying to push your thing and nobody wants it. That's what you should take away from that. So earlier or later on, he says, uh, but even in the United States, per capita consumption of meat and poultry is 24% higher than it was in 1975. America. (laughs) The average American is eating less beef, but that has been more than offset by higher consumptions of chicken and turkey. Now, hold on. This is, that's even worse from an animal welfare perspective. More birds must be raised and killed to produce the same quantity of meat. And they're raised in more crowded and intensive conditions than cows are. He's so close. He's right on the verge, but he can't make the leap. So what I'm talking about there is The amount of animals that have to die for a vegan lifestyle 
far exceeds that of a carnivorous lifestyle. You're killing everything in that field with your monocropping. We're killing one deer, one beef, one pig, and feeding many, many people with that. So if a life is a life, as you've argued in this, then how do you look at what you're doing as not the morally corrupted and morally bankrupt standpoint? Is it just because you care more, you think a cow's life is worth more than a rat's? I mean, I do, but you want to equivocate and say that an animal's life is the same as a human being's, so then I assume you think all animal life is equal, right? Yeah, They're, yeah. logic just doesn't, doesn't fit. They want it to be one way, but, um, it's the but other. It, it can't be. In, yeah, I think it goes deeper into a, a, a deeper philosophical uh, probably argument. I I would say some they'd probably argue against that. But if you if you want to have some sort of values around that, um, usually there's some sort of conflict with um, what they say and what they actually practice there. Yes, absolutely. So. All right, moving on. This West Central Minnesota meat processor is bigger and stronger after an overwhelming pandemic. This is from Ag Week. It says, when large processors were forced to close during the COVID-19 pandemic, <clears throat> smaller processors like Heart of Lakes Meats took on more than they could chew to keep producers and consumers served. So Heart of Lakes stepped up to process 35 to 45 hogs a week at a time of year that would normally be slower. We were booked out for the year, Stets said. Stets is the name of the guy who runs it. And that was like that two years, that whole time. So Hearts of Lakes, oh, that repeats. Sorry, I put that in there twice. <laughs> um, but when this all was going on and we saw this huge boom in our uh, commercial processors business. We said if they could keep 10 to 15%, they'd be doing awesome. And it looks like significant portions of them kept more than that business. Mm -hmm. So in the end, one of the good things that came out of COVID was the increase in people going to small and medium sized processors. Um, yeah. Just with the number of new processors that have popped up over the past three years, um, in numbers that have not been seen in the industry for the past 30 years. I mean that they, the small to mid-sized guys have kept a good chunk. It's still overall a small chunk of the total market, but for them, yeah. it's a big chunk. Yep. Uh, so this is the other thing I was trying to get from the article. It says the staff of about 20 would normally average 10 to 15 hogs a week. So they were doing like 45. They also process a steady flow of beef and venison in the fall and winter months. During the peak of the COVID rush, staff were averaging 70 to 75 hours a week. They were about ready to kill each other, Stet said with a chuckle. There was just no end in sight as never-ending supply filled their cooler, awaiting their well-trained but tired hands. So um, I wouldn't say that we were ever like ready to kill each other here. What I often described it as was white knuckling. Um, everybody was just so busy with so many different things that we were just trying to let as few number of things as possible slip through the cracks. There was no way we were going to catch everything. Um, but yeah, also 75 hours a week for an extended period of time is bound to make everybody cranky. So mm -hmm. we'll forgive him for that. 
All right. This is um, from Ag Fund News. Lever VC, which is venture capital. How do we avoid a Theranos of cultivated meat? Alternative protein investor Lever VC has released internal benchmarks for assessing the scientific progress of early stage cultivated meat companies to help investors place more informed bets in a complex and nascent industry and help avoid a Theranos style outcome. Lever VC is not accusing cultivated meat entrepreneurs of attempting to defraud investors, the stress managing partner Nick Cooney. However, some pitch decks that have crossed his desk and sell cultured meat in recent years have not inspired confidence. My candid view is that if you made a Venn diagram of companies that have received meaningful funding and companies that have what it takes to succeed, I think there's only a modest overlap between the two. A lot of investors in this category, including many of those writing really big checks, do not have the scientific or technical expertise in the category based on a set of data from across the category to help them make smart decisions. So we're going to, it'll be the same thing that happened in like new media. Once this um, venture capital money runs out, it's going to go away. It'll be businesses that were never really there. Um, do you know farmers.com? Do you know what? Okay. So there's all these sites like farmers.com, like a bunch of other things. And what they do is uh, they're basically traffic um, sellers. So they'll post a bunch of articles and then sell the stats to those articles to Vice. Like th this is what eventually destroyed Vice because they would go to all these um, all these venture capitalists and say, hey, we're getting all this traffic attributed to our website, but what they're doing is buying it from a company like uh, farmers.com or something like that. So there was never that traffic to begin with. Somehow it's legal. That's not defrauding your investor somehow because it's called traffic assignment, I believe. Hmm. I have no idea how it's legal, but it'll be the same thing with a lot of these companies. They're just going to be gone without ever putting any product to market. Yeah, I mean, that's not necessarily unusual. Anytime there's a new industry that's popping up, there's going to be a ton of people that try to get in and fail. But if you're the one that succeeds, you absolutely kill it. And someone is, in my opinion, is going to succeed. But at what level? It, it, it'll probably probably be um, something similar. I mean, similar to what we're seeing right now with with alt protein and uh beyond beef there's there's probably going to be a perpetual market for that stuff but it's going to remain a fraction of a percent it's not going to be it's not going to be 80 percent of the market nope but it's, even if you're just the one that that is left you still have a huge business though it may be it's not big enough to support tens or hundreds thousands of companies but if you're the one you got it for a few years, at least, until what's happening to Beyond Meat and Impossible happens to you too, people realize, oh, there's no benefit in this. I'm going to jump ahead because I thought this story was right after that. Because lab-grown meat potentially worse for climate than beef. This is from UC Davis. This is not from Patriots.win or some crazy right-wing <laughs> site. It says lab-grown meat which is cultured from animal cells, is often thought to be more environmentally friendly than beef because it's 
predicted to need less land, water, and greenhouse gases than raising cattle. But in a preprint, not yet peer-reviewed research at the University of California, Davis, have found that lab-grown or cultivated meats environmental impact is likely to be orders of magnitude higher than retail beef based on current and near-term production methods. So you're going to, you, you will have nothing. You will tell people that it's better for the environment. The same idiots who bought Priuses because they thought that that was better for the environment will buy your product for a while, but eventually it's going to come out that you are making a product that is not any better. In fact, it will be worse for the environment. I don't care what happens. It'll never taste quite as good and texture, all of these things, your businesses will, will fail. I don't see this ever going anywhere. I could be wrong. Like, and like I said, I will try it. If it somehow tastes way better than beef, I will go with that. I will let you try it. I will let you try it first because I'm currently of the opinion that I will not try it just because of what we've gone through over the past couple months. The cancer cells. The, like the cancer cells and stuff like that. Like, Technically, they're immortal cells. There is a slight difference. Yeah, uh, it, it just makes me too uncomfortable that I'm like, ah, I'm just going to stick with eating like real Real, real, 100% American-grown beef. He's fine with me trying it, though, apparently. Absolutely. I see. I also have a very weak immune system right now. I'm on, like, week four of being sick. You need to go get some steroids from your doctor. Yeah. Just kill everything in your system. Does that kill everything in your system? Just do a simple cycle. I don't know what that means. It's a year. Yeah. We'll go to the gym. We'll find you a guy. Get you on some trendable. <laughs> some trend. Yeah. Some trend. Um, okay. So then jumping uh, back up, meat sales skyrocketing up 20% in April. This is from supermarketnews.com. So right on the heels of people saying that the meat market is slowing, here comes a report saying it's up 20% in April. I said it before, but we are all of us suffering from too much information. And the fact that you can lie with statistics is making everyone more and more confused. Is the meat market doing incredible or is it doing terrible? I get it that there are people who spend their entire like lives and their businesses monitoring this and they, you know, benefit from uncertainty in the market. But it's just, it's impossible to know exactly what is actually going on now. From the way you said that, are you saying that it's tw- that buy- buying is 20% higher? Because I'm taking it as uh, people are spending 20% more for the same thing. Okay. Well, so it's an inflation yeah. article. Okay. Which I'd still say is low. I don't know. From 2020? Prices but, are on. up over 20%. If you also then remove the people who are buying less. So that would that might be that delta there. Yeah, maybe. But it did say in April 2023, food and beverage prices were still 23.1% above April 2020 levels. And again, that's... During the COVID pandemic, we w- would be on here just flat out calling it uh, inflation numbers a lie. Inflation was up 9%. Then why is my grocery bill literally twice of what it was? So 
could just be more people lying. There's some of it. I think is just a lagging effect. How long does it truly take for some of that to really get? Well, they have a month scene. They they have April. We're uh, when I read this article, we were in the middle of May. They have April 2023's numbers, so they have it. How are they? Yeah, I was. Yeah, how are they doing that? How are they? How are they calculating those numbers? Where are they getting them from? I don't know. I I just have a hard time ever connecting the dots of what they're saying and what my experience is because it just doesn't seem to match up. Is my experience just unique? No. Uh, no, they're they're either lying or trying to create their own spin on things, just like everybody else is doing now. I disagree with this statement, but there is some truth to it. The truth has become subjective. All right. Uh, this is from the Washington Post. Opinion. There is no way to make meat production ethical. Now, this is Wall Street Journal, so I couldn't read it, and I absolutely am not going to pay for it. Somebody <laughs> is calling me. Close that. No. Stop it. Okay. Sorry about that. Um, so I can't push back on it too much, um, but if the author of this was really being fair, they would then say that there also is no ethical way to eat at all. Because no matter what you're doing for your food, you're taking life to sustain yours. It's a direct correlation for you to survive and eat. You have to kill something. There's no way around it. So however many soybeans you need to eat, lots of things died for you to get that soy. So I just got into the article. Oh, would you? You didn't have to pay for it. You said to sign in. Now I'm on their junk, junk oh, email list. It's even worse. But I'll unsubscribe on the first time. I'd rather I pay for it. I actually, I, I almost, I'm going to sidetrack here. I almost prefer sites that like have like a easy but simple small price to pay than have to deal with ads and crap like that. Austin's getting uh, ready to charge you all for me just to I'm, that's where it, I'm mine. <laughs> that's, where we're, yeah, that's where we're getting. But, uh, but it's on like a site on yeah. I'm, I'm not I'm not doing this, but on a site like Meatgistics, there's sites I use like that that it's like I'm active and I go back to all the time. Right. And there's ads and I'm like, why? I'd give you five bucks a month to just not show me ads. But I'm done with my rant now. So okay. All right. Uh, so I don't have an article on this, but uh, Prop 12 did pass in California. So we're going to talk a little bit about what that means. Um, it was passed in 2018, and it sets restrictions for the pork, beef, and chicken industry. It was upheld by the Supreme Court saying, while the U.S. Constitution directs us on many weighty matters, the type of pork sold in California isn't one of them. I think that's a pretty great, I forget the justice who said that, but that was their writing. It's pretty good. Uh, so for eggs, Prop 12 requires egg-laying hens to be provided with a minimum of one square foot of usable floor space per hen by 2020, and up to one and a half square feet of floor space per hen in one floor housing systems. These dimensions were initially set in the United Egg Producers 2017 cage-free housing guidelines. Now, I'm going to keep talking them with what will eventually have to happen in 2022, even though we're past that. So these, they passed in 2018, they sued, it's been held up in court. So all of these things that we're going to talk about in 2020, saying in 2022, they'll start, they have started. Um, so starting in 2020, 
Two, egg-laying hens must live in cage-free housing systems. According to the Humane League website, less than one in three egg-laying hens currently lives in cage-free housing. What do we feel about that? I don't know. Torn by the whole thing. To be fair, this is not... This is just for products to be sold in California. Yeah, but the issue, yeah, to get into like the politics on it, I don't want to get too far into the politics, but like if California does something like that, is it constitutional? Is it not unconstitutional? One would say, like you said, the justice said there, well, there's nothing the constitution talks about how to deal with your pork. Okay. Yeah, there's nothing. But the issue where I have is what they do is now going to affect us because it is an interstate commerce thing that if they, if California requires it, they're so big that it's going to make people raising chickens everywhere because they don't know where they're going to end up at times. Okay. But if this was the opposite, we would love, like if we were in California and we were using our power as a huge state to do things that we liked, we would love it. We just don't like this because we're on the opposite side of it. I like this because it's states rights. Kind of. I mean, I I agree that it's going to have negative effects through the industry, but I want to see some companies go, nope, we're not selling anything in California anymore. It's I, done because that's how this gets fixed. I just don't. Yeah, it'd be fantastic if it works out that way. I just don't want to see like prices for chickens and eggs go up in Kansas because of what California has they done. They definitely will short term. But what I do think this may do in the long term is more and more people localizing their food sources. Could be. And so, that would be a benefit. So, yeah, that'd be great for both us as a business and what I think is going to happen. So, yeah. All right. So pork starting in 2022, female pigs kept for the purpose of breeding who are at least six months old or pregnant must have at least 24 square feet of usable floor space per pregnant pig. That comes to about five feet by five feet of space while typical enclosures for breeding pigs are currently seven feet by two feet. So more space. Yeah. Don't they always complain about, the amount of land usage for raising beef and pork, right? That's one I always hear them talk about. So they're going to increase that with this. Yeah. So they're going to complain about something and then they're going to pass legislation to actively make it worse. Yeah. Space is a, yeah. So is that what they're doing actually? Instead of, because I'm thinking of, we're going to have the same number of pigs, we're just going to need more space. I wonder if they're thinking, all right, well, these farmers have this amount of space available by restricting or by forcing them to have more square footage per animal that's going to reduce the number of animals that they can have. Short term, for sure. Long term, yeah, see where, where it goes. But short term, yeah, I mean, the, it's going to reduce the number of animals and then it's going to uh, reduce the supply. So the price is going to go up. So people are going to buy even less. I think the goal is ultimately to lower meat consumption. Yeah. I mean, that is, that is, that is whether they admit it or not, that is uh, oh, what, my opinion. It. What most of those people's goal is yeah. anyways, is to just lower meat consumption. They, they proudly come out and say that. All right. Beef cows raised to be sold as veal must have at least 43 square feet of usable floor space. 
Though research suggests baby cows would prefer to be raised with their mothers and other cows in group housing, in most U.S. states and many countries, it is still legal to raise them isolated or in isolated hutches that give them just enough room to stand. Veal hutches are typically 2.6 by 5.9 feet, according to one estimate. So small that the baby cow raising them often can't turn around. I'm not a fan of veal, so. Taste-wise, it's good. But I, I, there is a limit to what I think is reasonable, and I, I think veal push encroaches on that limit of what I'm willing to, um, to do to another animal to eat it. I don't care about the age of it; that that doesn't bother me. It is the restriction of its movement that I find cruel, and you know, so it's a little bit more tender. Cook it better. Now there is, we've talked about in the past, there's this thing called the rose veal that's kind of a mix, gives them more, um, gives them more room and they have a little bit different diet. But in general, no, I'm just, I kind of am against veal. I mean, veal is kind of a different thing in my opinion, just because of the sheer low numbers of quantity that's actually consumed. Um, 0.2 pounds per person is how much veal is eaten, eaten each year. Oh, that's more than I would have thought. 0.2 pounds for every American? That's more than I would have thought. Huh. Um, I will go many years 80, between eating any veal. 80 years ago, it was 8 to 10 pounds. Oh, jeez. Wow. So, I mean, it's come down a lot. People don't eat it like they used to. But the South Park dead baby cow one did a good job, apparently. We're <laughs> like, oh, that is sad. If, but, if, but if you're on board for that, why aren't you on board for the... Uh, egg laying hens and pork changes then too because same theory give them more room so they can oh, i i don't think seven by two feet is the same as keeping a a baby cow in an environment so small it can't turn around pig can turn around seven by two feet and that is also just for breeding yeah. cows but can it is that enough room yes absolutely two a feet pig, a pig can probably turn around in an enclosure as big as it they're crazy, like athletic. It could probably just get up and go around. <laughs> Can you demo this for us? <laughs> right, but the worst part of all of this is that they're still writing rules for this, for something that passed in 2018 and has been held up in the courts until now. They're still writing rules. So it's passed, and then we're going to tell you what it totally means. In the end, and I know we've got some great customers out in Tulare County, other places, feel like it'd probably be best if California just went away. San Andreas fault line. <laughs> probably a little too far there, but... Um, went over a line, you think? Like just, a fault line? <laughs> I don't know. Ultimately, yeah. I would just prefer there not be restrictions and let people choose what they want and then i don't want them to affect us that's ultimately where i just i i run into the issue and can't get over things and but people also have the opinion that consumers can't make up their own minds or decide on their own that's why they make rules like this yeah. is because they don't think consumers can and to be honest most it's because most consumers don't care right it's just activists who care yeah so if they don't care let them do what they want yep but but hey, this is what Californians have decided to do. They voted on it. They passed it. So that's fine. 
it is going to bleed into us or into the rest of the country for a while, but things will change. It's not just like all of a sudden Cargill, Tyson, all those are going to go, okay, I guess we'll just do this then. That is not what's going to happen. Okay, moving on. Uh, this is from the Wall Street Journal as well, which I'm now wondering if you're able to get into. Um, it says, the big meat conspiracy theory unravels. So it's behind a paywall, but the sub headline is that Tyson food loses money, um, which doesn't sound like a monopoly. That's their, at least the sub headline uh, theory is, they're not a monopoly because they lost money. I don't, I think maybe whoever wrote this their extent of understanding economics is possibly from playing Monopoly, <laughs> right? So, like, the winner doesn't lose money, so that's not a Monopoly. The goal of every corporation is to not show a profit while still making tons of money. Yep. Because, uh, yeah, accounting is just a game to how can you manipulate your numbers to be within what the government says is okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's that's I'm not, I don't want to get too it's deep. It's the into same that, thing with all these people who are like the CEO didn't even take a salary. Yeah, because he's smart. He took stock options, hundred million dollars in stock options. Exactly. Yeah, it's stupid. It means absolutely nothing, and it drove me nuts when everyone's like Trump didn't take a salary. He's a multi-billionaire. It did not matter if he took a salary or not. Yeah. When yeah, when you're looking at business stuff. Um, We've, uh, uh, how about this? We, we've bought a company in the past. Um, we've also looked at others. Trembling. Yeah. But when we've, when, when we've bought companies, like we look at what their balance sheet is, what their income statement is, and you have to do a lot of manipulation. You have to talk to them and interview whoever's in the business and say, okay, what happened here and here and here? You change, add numbers in here, subtract numbers there, come up with what is a real true, what you think would be a real true accurate profit amount. Or, I mean, it's, that's simplifying right. it too much, but yep. because you, there's too many ways for you to manipulate those numbers. Simply you with EBITDA, you can manipulate things oh, like crazy. So it's, it, it's insane. All right. We're going to fall way behind here and not hit our final thing unless we start burning through okay. these. All right. So um, AgWeb wrote a whole thing about the, uh, the Wall Street Journal's article, but we don't have time to go into it. But if you are looking for information on it, go to AgWeb and search the big meat conspiracy. They did a good job. Um, all right. One high protein, <laughs> high sodium meat nutritionist wants you to stop putting in your sandwiches. Sorry about this, Patrick, but it is baloney. I know. I'm sorry. But this is, we talked about it, I think a little bit on the last podcast or sometime when we were away. Um, a sodium heavy diet re makes you retain fluid, which leads to swelling in the short term. But far more concerning is its impact on your body over time. Excess sodium intake can negatively affect your kidney function. It also leads to high blood pressure, uh, the top risk factor for stroke. Now, the, these are some of its other um, effects. Bloating, increased thirst, rise in blood pressure, and poor sleep quality. The increased thirst and poor sleep quality, that's me. And rise in blood pressure and poor sleep quality is you. Mm -hmm. I wonder what would happen if I tracked the amount of sodium I ate in a day. Ooh. Probably be bad. 
Okay. I don't know if I want to do. Yeah, I don't think I do either. Very right. depressing. Your dad sent me this one's from the New York Post. It was. It says, "I was a vegan, but <clears throat> eating meat again saved my life." Meat saves lives. A former vegan is claiming that eating meat again saved her life. Kaylee Woosley adopted a strict diet of no animal products after living with vegans. She moved from Canada to the West Coast in 2016, according to the South... West News Service. But six months into the diet, she began feeling sick and her hair started falling out. Her nails grew brittle and she could barely stand. I was extremely tired all the time. I could not form coherent thoughts. I would just lie in bed multiple times a week and I would just spend all day in bed if I could. Sounds like you were also depressed. Still, Woosley continued with the vegan diet until June 2019, but her symptoms didn't subside. She went back to eating animal products. If you're eating a strict vegan diet, it's very difficult to supplement enough of all the nutrition, nutrients and high-quality protein that you need to be strong and healthy, said Dr. James O'Keefe, a cardiologist at St. Luke's. I think this is one of those things that we have all already like always known, and we just kind of tolerated the vegan community for a long time, but more of this is coming out. Like, no, you don't get to have a vegan cat anymore. You don't get to have a vegan child anymore. That is abuse. Right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, 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 I still kind of hold the opinion that everybody's body is different. Some people are going to have, I mean, some people are, I, I've known people that are allergic to chicken. How? It's weird. I don't know. Sure. But some people are going to be allergic to meat products that they can't eat. And so, yeah, you're going to eat more vegetarian. But there some, are- some people are going to be uh, allergic to this and that. It's going to change. Some people's bodies are going to process these vitamins and minerals better, these vitamins and minerals worse. And it's, it's kind of to each their own. Um, some people find that eating the carnivore diet is the best thing that's ever happened to them. Some people, their body's not going to process the same way and they're not going to feel the same way eating that way. So, yeah, but there are certain things that we, every one of us has in common. Like we all need water. Yeah. You cannot, you won't live more than a couple of days without water. I think as a generalized statement, you should eat a balanced diet and people forget that. Of strictly meat. (laughs) A balanced diet of pork, beef, chicken. You should eat a little bit of everything. Except vegetables. Um, all right. Eastern Meat Solutions recalls boneless pork products imported without benefit of import reinspection. We're going to go right through this, but it's 40,000 pounds of raw boneless pork products that were recalled. So, what is reinspection, you ask? Because I had never heard of it. This is from FSIS. Port of entry reinspection is directed by the Public Health Information System, a centralized computer database that stores reinspection results from all ports of entry for each country and for each establishment. Reinspection of products is performance-based in that better performing foreign establishments have their products reinspected less frequently. So why recall this? Like I don't understand. Yeah. Why? It's already made it in. There was nothing wrong with it. And after the fact you say, oh you guys didn't reinspect that. So they have to recall 40,000 pounds of product. There was nothing wrong with it. It's absolutely seems, ridiculous. Yeah, this seems dumb. All right. This is from uh, Bennington Banner. Uh, I just found it hilarious. Door-to-door meat sellers raise concern this spring. Two things we're just going to touch on real quick here. Um, one of the complaints was that they were having aggressive sales tac- tactics. <laughs> if somebody, if you can't close the door on somebody who's trying to sell you something you don't want, you're not strong enough for life. I mean- 
you need a caretaker at that point. Out of all, the if you can't doors, just go, no. Out of all the door to door salesmen out there, I want a meat salesman to come oh, to my house. It'd be the one I might actually talk to. Yeah, I don't like door to door salesmen. Yeah, they can't. Uh, our neighborhood has a no soliciting thing. So as soon as anybody, I go, you can't do this here. Get out of here. I just close the door on. So yeah, my my, my old- favorite is when they're little kids. I go, go find your parents and bring them up here. And then I just scream. No, I don't do that. My old neighborhood was like that. And it's still uh, people door to door soliciting all the time. They didn't stop anybody. Now I'm too far out in the country that people don't, they they don't come by. But also don't buy meat from some random guy. Like just use your brains. Do not do that. All right. Uh, more on the uh, flexibility for interstate meat sales stuff. It's just that's moving forward. More and more states are getting in on it with things like the Direct Act. I uh, don't have time to cover it. Uh, UK government urged to act as some meat and veg prices double in a year. Um, so it's the UK. It's not here, but that stuff comes here a lot. Uh, but they're seeing 94% increase in a year on some sausages and 90% on some produce so doubled that's my experience with. see that is yeah that's what's happening here yep. and they're just not reporting it that over way. there milk has gone up 20 percent in the last month month that's insane mm-hmm. all right uh how does food get contaminated the unsafe habits that kill more than four hundred thousand people a year the most common cause of food contamination is poor food handling this includes not washing your hands at the appropriate time before eating and preparing food, after using the toilet, or after blowing your nose, coughing, or sneezing. Using dirty utensils, not washing fruits and vegetables with clean water, and storing raw and cooked foods in the same place can also be harmful. Sick people should not handle food, and you should avoid consuming undercooked foods, particularly meat. All of that makes sense and seems like it's well-known stuff. Uh, chocolate meat is look, is, or cho- chocolate meat. Chocolate milk is getting banned. I was going to say, what is chocolate meat? I need some. (laughs) Um, And then uh, California gives celebrity chef Jose Andreas an exemption for its restaurant to use gas stoves. So you all can't have it, but the celebrity chef can. That is so ridiculous. That's how that's how all this stuff goes. Yeah. That's how all this stuff goes. I hate that. If you're going to make a rule, make everybody play by it. Nope. That's not how they do it. It's ridiculous. Yeah, It's horrible. Absolutely ridiculous. Okay. Uh, All right. So on to our top 10 favorite movies. Do you have a list of yours or no? Oh, yeah. Okay. I put my list in here before you did. No, you didn't. Uh I did mine last week sometime before I sent you this. It was on here already? Yeah. No. Yeah, it 100% was. I put it way off to the side. Yeah, mine's way at the bottom. Oh, okay. So that's why it's scrolling forever because you put yours way down there. Mm -hmm. Okay. Any any particular order? Uh, Well, mine's kind of in order. I didn't purposely put mine in order, but then I looked at it and I was like, it's it's, it's in order. What's your number one? Uh, Wait, wait. You start with number one? Patrick wants to go from the other end. Yeah, we should go from Go from the other end. Anchorman number 10. All right. I'm saying Endgame. I know that that's a controversial one. What's that? Uh, it's the finale to like all the Marvel movies. Oh, they kept Avengers. going, but it's it's over at Endgame. Yeah, yeah. and that's kind of like a uh, the year that the third Lord of the Rings movie came out. It won all the reward, awards after the first two didn't, and it was kind of like a okay, we're treating this as one movie, so that's what I'm doing there. Okay, okay. 
Um, I'll do The Ring for mine. The Ring. The Ring? Oh, yeah. That's scary. Horror movie. Loved it. So. What do you got for nine? Hurt Locker. Ooh, that's a good one. That's an interesting one. I don't know that it would... It's. I don't even think that'd be my top hundred. I don't know that it's that great of a movie, but I watch. I have watched it hundred, like literally a hundred times. I think it got. I just. I love the movie. No, it but got best picture it, and best director. It did. Like that, so. What keeps drawing you back to that movie? I don't know. Oh, that's a good point. So what I like about that movie is I think it did a good good job of showing when he was home, him feeling guilty and wanting mm-hmm. to be back there because there were still guys back there. So I thought that was a cool part yeah. of the movie. Mine is Raiders of the Lost Ark. Can't argue with that, right? right? Mm, it's hard to. Never, uh, never fully watched an Indiana Jones movie. <laughs> oh, I like I, Raiders is my favorite too. That's the first one, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, uh, I put a uh, Big Lebowski. Yeah, it's a good one too. Okay. Never seen Big Lebowski. No. What? It's a good comedy. You guys what? aren't gonna like me by the yeah, time we're fine. done with this. Go ahead. <laughs> the Matrix. That's a, the first one's a good movie for sure. Yeah. I would say all of them all are of not them, good movies. All of them could have been in the top 10. Absolutely not. Oh, okay. The, all the follow-ups were God awful. No, no. Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. yeah. I, to, I, told, I told him earlier, I was like chalk. I was like, sounds a little chalky. <laughs> my whole one is going to, my whole list is going to be that. Okay. Um, let's see. I'll go taxi driver. Okay. He's never seen that either. Is that with Queen Latifah? <laughs> no. no. Isn't there a movie with her called Taxi or something? Taxi, yeah, with her and Jimmy Fallon. Oh, my no, God. No, mine has Robert, Robert De Niro in it where he's playing a badass. So. Look up Robert De Niro in France back in the 80s or 90s. <laughs> no, don't do that. All right. What do you got? Uh, number seven, Die Hard. Oh, that's actually a good one. It doesn't belong in the top ten, but it's a good one. Pulp Fiction. Ooh, yeah. Oh, man. I mean, what can't be said about that movie? I'm going to uh, go with Scream. Terrible. No, that's that's the worst one on your list by far. <laughs> uh, number six, Chisholm, old John Wayne movie. Oh, okay. Um, I'm going with one of Quentin Tarantino's perfect movies, Back to the Future. There you go. That was a Quentin Tarantino no, movie? No, he listed... Um, these are my five perfect movies. And okay. I was going to say, well, I, do, I don't think he <laughs> did that movie. <laughs> I would pay to see him redo that. <laughs> um, I'm going to list uh, the Wes Anderson movie Rushmore. Oh, yeah. His, his worst movie by a long shot. Oh, I love that movie. Oh, love that movie. I like Wes Anderson, but I do not like that movie. That's the least of like Wes Anderson y yes, kind of movie. That's fair. And I kind of I dig that. It has enough going for it, but it's like, yeah. Okay. Life Aquatic with Steve Zizou is better. Go ahead. Number five. The prequel to that, I think so. Lord of the Rings, Two Towers, if you had to pick one. Okay, so you're going specifically with the second one. All right, I'm going with Patton. It's a good one. It's probably the best war movie in my mind. I haven't seen it. Um, oof, I'm going to go Interstellar right now. So he's not, oh. he's still looking through things, he's formulating this. As we go. Yes. Still have not seen Interstellar. Really? I need to fix that. I like it a lot. but It's a good movie. I wouldn't put a top 10, but it is a good movie. Mm-hmm. Matt Damon is the bad guy. So I hope I spoiled that for somebody else. Who's never seen it. <laughs> I told him that earlier. Finally, after like years I go, you're never going to watch this. So yeah. go. Number four, Aladdin. 
the animated Aladdin. You have an animated movie in your top 10. Yeah, well, you I, have kids. I hate animated stuff. I do. Like, not a fan. Well, I say rarely am I a fan, but I, it's another thing where I've just, I've watched that movie so many times in my lifetime that it has to be in my top 10. Okay. I can, to this day, my son has started watching it to this day. I can still just like repeat the whole movie. It's on the TV and I'm just, this is what they're saying stuff. Okay. I mean, I, Robin Williams was amazing. Mm -hmm. So, uh, mine's a little bit different. Mine's Silence of the Lambs. Nice. Slight, <laughs> other side of the other side of the same coin. That's a good one. Uh, I went Pulp Fiction here. Okay. This one I've told you about. This one, no one. I don't. And this expect, is number three, right? For yep, everybody. Yep. Don't expect anyone to know what this is. This is not like I'm pretty sure this didn't go to theaters. Didn't get released. It's just a Netflix movie. Like not even from oh, Netflix. It's just saying, on yeah, there. Yeah. Circle. It's a good movie. Elim elimination style. It's a good movie. Like, thriller horror movie it does not belong in the top 10 let alone this high but it's a good movie that style of of action and draw i don't know whatever yeah. plot is just is the best it was interesting it's so exciting it was interesting it's a it's a horribly done movie but it's, it's an amazing it's movie poorly acted poor uh, i wouldn't say it's poorly shot it's not well acted but it is a really good uh premise so okay uh mine's empire strikes back my favorite of all the Star Wars movies. Star Wars. Not familiar. Um, <laughs> American Psycho. Oh, God. Only movie I've ever walked out of the movie theater on. Right there. <laughs> Me and my friends went down to a uh, Bruce Springsteen concert. Uh, we went down to New York City, and it was oh. 110 degrees in the city that day. It was unbelievable. Wow. So we just wanted a, a cool theater place to go sit for a couple hours, not spend a lot of money. <laughs> So we went into there and I was with my friend Nick Restifo and Tim Patton and Restifo was just making like the most ridiculous comments oh, man. at it the whole time. And finally, like, well, let's just go. It was God awful. Have you never seen it since? No, nor am I going to. <laughs> nor am I going to. Go ahead. Oh, my God. Is that watermark? Rush hour. If I had to pick one, it'd be rush hour too. <laughs> what list is the Jackie Chan? <laughs> yeah, like baby. Yeah. What are you doing? They're amazing. They're I, not. They're awesome. Like, so funny. Oh my god. Right, Lee Cotta. No. no. Lee Cotta. We saw that for like my brother's birthday <laughs> right. in theaters. We never okay. missed a single. But that's hour. a. I mean. Let's yeah, just be honest. That's how old do you think we are? Top 300. <laughs> it's my top. It's in my top two. <laughs> <laughs> Rush out. <laughs> I told you, you guys weren't going to like you know, you're we were right. done with this. You're right. I tried to stay open-minded, but I can't, oh, I, I can't just so, let that pass. It's so funny. Oh my God. All right. The Godfather. Nice. Never seen it. Wow, oh, very yeah. close. You guys is one A, one B. Yes. Again, same movie, basically. Yeah, I don't know. I went The Shining myself. So. Okay. Yep. Yep. So you know, two safe picks in a wild card. Yeah, I don't know. Godfather's not that big of a wild card, John. <laughs> all right. What's your favorite movie of all time? I think you guys will be okay with this one. You probably won't agree with it, but it'll be better than the last few. Dumb and Dumber. You well, at least it's a classic. Comedy. No, you way oversold that we would be okay. <laughs> You think Dumb and Dumber is the best movie of all time? Yeah. I know what John's is. And then Do John you have any guesses on what mine is? Oh, yeah. I, I saw your oh, list, okay. but I mean, 
it's clear. Know what yours is, yep. which I still I, I knew it'd be that, but at the same time, I'm like, well, but why? Well, a it was it like invented the summer blockbuster. There were no summer blockbusters before Jaws. Oh. Two, take the shark out of it, and it's an awesome movie. You have amazing performances. Quint talking about the USS Indianapolis is like bone chilling. And to know that he did that in a single take after embarrassing himself the night. So uh, Robert Shaw, alcoholic during the whole movie. So he and um, Richard Dreyfuss, like in real life, kept getting into it in fights. And he one day was like so drunk he couldn't do anything. So came back the next day and talked to Steven Spielberg. Spielberg and was like, how bad did I embarrass myself yesterday? And kind of gave it to him. And then he goes and rips that off. Like it's just... It's an awesome movie. So like original Jaws. Yes. Original <laughs> Jaws, Austin. <clears throat> Patrick? Okay. Uh, I like, uh, finally, something Patrick really. I, I like a very obscure horror movie um, called Behind the Mask, The Rise of <laughs> Leslie Vernon. That's my personal favorite. I've always said that. He has. There's a bunch of cool, it's, it's. Every time I watch it, it makes me want to like go write something or go film something because it's so like it's like it, in a nutshell, it's a behind the scenes. So there's a slasher named Leslie Vernon and he uh, contacts a news crew or a budding news crew and they film him do behind the scenes reconnaissance on like the next group of kids he's going to kill and right. stuff like that and how he has to train and stay in shape. And he's like, everyone's running and I got to make it look like I'm walking the whole time. And he's like punching. Back. So it's just a lot of, you know, dry humor like that. But if that's too obscure, I also like the movie Clerks a lot. So, okay. Those are good ones. I will eventually watch that behind the mask. Movie. I got it on Blu-ray so you can borrow it. But okay. At some point I do want to see it. Yeah. All right. That so, was fun. Wait, do you have more? Somehow he No, I'm just I'm I'm replaying lists in my head. Um one, I'm gonna need lists from both you guys because there's movies that you have on there I haven't seen that <laughs> I need to go wait, watch wait. now. Other than that one, was there was there a movie on my list you'd never heard of? No. Jaws, Godfather, Empire Strikes Back, Signs of the Lambs, Patton, Back to the Future. I don't know what pulp 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 fiction is. What? It's a Tarantino movie. Yeah. It is like the Tarantino. Ninety three, best screenplay. Yeah, wow. no idea. <laughs> okay, Shawshank. Uh, yeah, I've seen it. Okay, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Never seen it. Uh, so once I've you're you're not Indiana you're, Jones. Does that change things? Okay, do you, okay. There's oh I, Indiana well, Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. I know what it is. Oh, okay. Never seen it. So I can tell you what movies I've seen entirely on that list, and it would be ooh short list apparently. <laughs> He's willing to start listing. Yeah, I'm <laughs> Jaws. Three? Okay, I've watched one? three complete movies on Jaws, that list. Yeah. I've watched bits and pieces of all of them. Jaws, Silence of the Lambs, and Back to the Future. No, no. no. he wouldn't what have watched they? Silence of the Lambs and Jaws. So Back to the Future. Uh, Endgame. Ba Back to the Future, Shawshank, and Endgame. Wow. <laughs> I haven't watched all of Jaws. Yeah. Why would you not? I don't know. I just... I don't know. Never really. Did got you guys into have it. any wild cards that like you left off your list, but you're like, man, I probably should have added those. I mean, I had a ton that I had to like, just kind of heartlessly like, no, yeah, we're not even including that. I like so, Hereditary and uh, Superbad. Those were two that mm -hmm. I left off. So this has been sitting up here the entire time because I meant to talk about it. Totally forgot. Uh, so did you see me playing with the Magitech? No, I saw your all your IT tickets trying to get it set up on there your computer. There were two. 
It's not oh. that many. It felt like more. Okay. So this is the smoker soaker. I took uh, these things called Magitech uh, RFOTW um, probe thermometers. I put the, I set up a wet bulb dry bulb system in the PK100 using this. Uh, just using the oversized water pan, we got the humidity up to 10%, which is better than nothing, but not by a whole lot. 44%. That's nice. That's my high with this. That's not bad. No, that's not really bad. good. Yeah. Really good. That may, that'll make a huge difference on your cook cycles. Yep. Yep. So, especially if you're wanting to make uh, our tender jerky, that's the way to go. Or you want to make jerky according to USDA specs in general. You have to have humidity. Yeah, but it, oh, people making it at home, if you're making jerky for sale... Well, yeah, you shouldn't be a whole different these, thing, but, but still it's one of those things people at home, they still like to mimic and do what the commercial processors do. Sure. They want to get as close as they can. That's why we do what we do. Why one of the things we came up with was the tender jerky is because that's what a lot of commercial processors do. You use the term we very loosely there. You, we, it all comes back to Walton's, but, uh, last thing, uh, guy got eaten by a great white shark in Australia. Um, <clears throat> I like this story cause the, as he was getting attacked, he told the other people to go to shore. So it came, attacked him. People, I don't know if they were coming back out, but hadn't made it into shore. And he was just telling him, go, go get to shore, get to shore. Basically leave me to die. Hero. How do you do that while you're, so you it, just... it, they attack and then they circle. So they're used to attacking seals and sea lions, which have like claws and teeth. So they come up from underneath, they bite it, fate, like hopefully fatally, and they swim around and wait for it to bleed out. Yeah. So it was doing that with him. It came back three times. They've only they only ever found pieces of his wetsuit. So it consumed him completely. That's fun. Yeah. That's crazy. But hero. All right, that's it. Thanks, guys. Thanks for checking out the Meat Logistics Podcast. To shop everything but the meat. Head on over to Waltons.com. To get your meat processing questions answered by experts and enthusiasts alike, head on over to our online community at MeatGistics.com. Waltons, everything but the meat.